You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, pruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. We are excited to be here on this amazing Friday to preview the Week 9 NFL slate. We'll obviously talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles and Houston Texans game from last night, and then, as I mentioned, preview the entire NFL slate for week nine. Dennis is here with me as Matt is gallivanting around. I don't know exactly where he's at, but he's on. I a think cruise. he's in kind of Northern California. That might be true. I saw he got to meet. Oh, with, no, no, no. Uh, he, was going to, he was going. No, I think he's maybe started in Northern and he's moved his way South now. Gotcha. I, I know. Um, I know he's on a cruise and I know I did see uh, earlier today that he got to meet with a, a good friend of ours, Ricky Valero. So that was, uh, that was cool to see, but he's on vacation. Enjoy it. Well deserved. That dude works extremely hard. Uh, so he won't be back until probably, I believe, Monday, where him and Dennis will recap everything that happens this weekend. Dennis, how are you doing on this fantastic Friday? Man, I'm doing good. It's the end of another long week. And yeah, you know, surprisingly enough, the Texans hung in there for a little while last night. It yeah. wasn't quite the blowout I think so many of us expected. No, not at all. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if Matt's ever gonna listen to this. Talk to me out of starting Damian Pierce. Not so thrilled about that that decision. Now, again, at the end of the day, it was my decision, so I have to take the blame on it. But uh, I, I'm not feeling great. I mean, who'd you set him for? Who'd you set him for? DJ Moore. 
it could work out. No. I don't know. Not based with what happened last night. I'm, I'm, I mean, what did he put up? I'm looking at almost 17 points. So that's, that's a pretty, pretty, pretty good pretty strong game. game. Yeah. Uh, it's more because, you know, DJ Moore, he's actually looked pretty well. We'll get to DJ Moore later. Yeah. Right. Let's just, let's talk about, let's talk about Damian Pierce. We'll just start there. You know, some people were high on Davis Mills. They lose 17, 39, 29, by the way. I have not mentioned the score. It's Philly wins. Some were high on Davis Mills, and the Texans are struggling. If they land a top three pick, do you think that they take a QB? And if so, does that kind of, you know, what does that mean, you think, with the possible stability of the weapons they have here in Houston? I, I think they have to take a quarterback. If they if they can get Young or Stroud, um, I think you do it. I think Davis Mills is proving to be a guy that's, you know, he's played above expectations last year uh, and he's starting to come down to earth a little bit this year. I think he's one of those guys that's going to be a kind of journeyman backup that, you know, can help you out for three or four games at most. But once, once the, you know, he gets past a few games, uh, teams get him figured out pretty quickly. I mean, I, I see him as a, you know, a Chase Daniel, Charlie Whitehurst kind of quarterback that's, you know, he's probably going to have a, you know, 10, 12, 15-year career. Um, and being a, a really good backup, there's definitely uh, a place for that and money to be made. I just don't think he's going to be a strong fantasy asset and if you uh, have a chance to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, man, you do it. Yeah, I, I think that they will definitely take one. Now, if I had to pick, I think I'd rather than get Bryce Young. Bryce Young is my top-rated quarterback, and I feel like because of the offensive line issues, Bryce Young would be more successful early on than C.J. Stroud would. Bryce can... can create out of structure a little bit better and he can he can play off platform kind of make plays on the run where Stroud struggles with that a little bit um I know Felix would love Stroud in Detroit and I do think that that would be the better fit because of how great that offensive line is but uh if Stroud were to end up in Houston I don't think it would be like a disaster he would be good I just think Bryce Young would be better for that offense right now because of what he can do out of structure um how good Damian Pierce has played, I, you know, I'll be honest, I was not in on him uh, this year. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be good. Uh, I think uh, it was Jared Wackerly talked highly of him, a dynasty nerds, when he went down uh, to the senior bowl and talked about like he was killing it at the senior bowl. A lot of people raised him up after that. I think I had him as like my RB six, maybe seven. Like I just, I wasn't high on him. He's been amazing so far this year. I don't think anybody can deny that. Do you think Houston spends draft capital to get another running back? Like, I actually think Damian Pierce might be the guy for the next year or so because of how well he's played. You know what? They took him in the fourth round. You know, that's not capital yeah. to sneeze at. Um, that's that's decent draft capital. And so, I and he's performing like a, an early, like a day two guy. Now, my biggest concerns with him were, Often when somebody doesn't get the touches in college, there's a reason. And, you know, it they get to the NFL and it doesn't translate. For him right now, the biggest thing is going to be 
when does he hit that rookie wall and can he play through it? Because as of going into yesterday's game, he had already exceeded the number of touches he had had in any single college season. So now, and we got, you know, a half a season to go for, for it to be over for him. So he's got a long way to go. Um, and, and on a team that doesn't really have the resources to protect him when he gets uh, run down, you know, he's the guy. Burkhead, Ogumbawale, neither one of them are going to come in and be able to, you know, share the load for a while at a really high level and be super productive. They're each going to flash that both of them can catch passes. Um, but he he's playing really, really well. And, and if I'm Houston, I mean, running back is one of the most interchangeable positions in the NFL. And while you spent a fourth, that's pretty high draft capital for a running back. I think they're going to ride him for a couple years and see how it goes. Uh, you know, they got an okay offensive line. You got to get a franchise quarterback. That's just, you got to take that shot. They need help on defense. The last thing they need is a running back. So no, uh, to answer your question, I, I don't think they spend significant capital on a running back. Yeah. I, and I think I'm with you and that's, I feel like crazy to say coming into the season. Like I said, I, I, I know me specifically, I know there were some people who did think he was going to be good. Um, and I just kind of was like, yeah, you know, like I, I was more in on Tyler Algier. And, and I think it's fair to say that while Algier has been okay in moments, it's not produced the way Damian Pierce has for the Texans. I think at best you see maybe the Texans grab somebody in like the fifth or sixth round as a complimentary back, but I'm with you. Like, I think there's no reason for them to waste a draft cap on another running back right now. He's playing more than fine enough. They have him on a cheap contract. And that's not like we expect him to be contenders next year. And even if they were, I think Damian Pierce has shown he's good enough to kind of be that guy. But I, I do agree. Like we need to see what happens the rest of the season. Cause he was not used that much at Florida, whether that was bad coaching, which probably is the answer or it was something else. Let's well, see what happens. The rest of the season. And there's going to be plenty of complimentary running backs on the market. You know, there's going to be a lot of free agents that you'll be able to get at an affordable price veterans that are, you know, in the Rex Burkhead vein to be complimentary players that maybe have a little more juice than Burkhead. Uh, I don't think Buffalo's signing, re-signing Singletary. Um, I would think not. But, I, I mean, Kareem Hunt's going to be a free agent. Those are both big names that would that would immediately um, tell you it's a platoon. I don't yeah. know. I was talking to Garrett Price last night on the Dynasty Nerd Show on BSN, and I, I – I think I want uh, um, Hunt to go to Miami. Most Mostert and Wilson are both free agents after the year. That would yeah, be, I mean, would, I mean, he's going to be twenty nine, but he's been you know hasn't had a heavy workload. He's still good. He want, he's going to want to go somewhere where he can win and be the man. And Miami could be that for him. Anyways, let's get off that. We're talking about the something yeah. else. I'm tangenting. The um, so how about the Eagles? I think the easy question here is what do they what do they need to do to win a Super Bowl? And do you think that they're ready? The literally the only undefeated team now left in the NFL still. Like they're they're playing uh really, really well. They went out and bolstered their defense with Quinn. Uh the running game is is working really well. The offensive line is um pretty healthy. Uh, Myelata got kind of wore out last night against uh, um, oh who was that that cat I forget is Jerry Hughes 
Uh, he kind of wore my lotta out last night. Um, but overall, that offensive line is playing pretty well. Their defense looks good. Darius Slay and Bradbury are two outstanding cornerbacks that they're, can both shut people down. So I think they've got as good a shot as, I mean, I'd probably put them number two behind Buffalo um, as in the odds to win the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I, I am with you there. I feel like Buffalo gets left out because they have that one loss. Weird game, uh, though. I know what was it? It was like supposedly it was like 110 on the sideline or whatever during that game for them. And even then, like you could tell just how like tired they were, you know. I, but I think they're right there with Buffalo. I think they could score with Buffalo, and I think that defense could play as good as uh, Buffalo's defense. So it's going to be. Very intriguing because we don't always see the best teams make it out of both conference. I think actually lately we've seen like what what is it one of the one or two seeds we've seen go in, but then we see like a lower end seed or maybe it's been the past couple. It's actually been a one or two seed. I can't remember exactly, but I I think that would be an amazing Super Bowl. I know. Did me and you actually pick the Eagles to make it in, or we both picked the Chargers? I know I picked the Chargers I, on the. I picked the Chargers and the Rams. Okay. So I picked the Chargers and the Eagles, but I had the Chargers. No, I think I picked the Eagles losing to the Packers. That's what I did, which that's definitely not going to happen, it looks like. I picked the Eagles losing to the, to the uh, Packers in the NFC Championship. Maybe it was Matt who actually picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. It's looking like that is what's going to happen so far for them. All right, so let's jump into the preview. Speaking of the Chargers, who we were both very high on, have struggled a little bit this year as they're sitting at 4-3 and three going up against the 4-4 four and four Atlanta Falcons. Do you think Justin Herbert can overcome all of these injuries and continue to produce in the passing game? We should also note it looks like Keenan Allen is going to be out again this week. So we were hoping he was going to come back after the bye. Looks like he will be out once again and not helping out our fantasy teams. Yeah, I, besides Allen being back, I thought Donald Parham, the, the big tight end, was going to come back. Mike Williams is still out. So it's a receiving core of uh, DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer and uh, Gerald Everett, uh, you know, and then they have Austin Eckler, who, who's a beast. So they've got plenty of weapons as long as their offensive line holds up and their defensive line holds up or defense in general holds up. They're going to be good the rest of the way. I don't think Atlanta is going to threaten them a lot, despite Atlanta sitting at four and four. Um you know, things could get screwy if, if Atlanta starts grinding out the ball and keeping Herbert off the field. I think that's how Atlanta goes about winning. But as far as overcoming the injuries, uh, you know, Palmer and, and Carter have both stepped up and done really, really well when they need to. But usually there's been one of Allen or, or Williams there to kind of take the load. So it'll be interesting to see because they're basically on their third and fourth uh, wide receiver. And it's put up or shut up time for him. DeAndre Carter's been floating around the league for several years now. And then he ended up in Los Angeles with the Chargers last season. And he kind of popped up. He was in Washington last season, I think. And he popped off some there and then ended up uh, in Los Angeles. Showed out well when given a shot there. Um, so I, I like, I mean, Herbert's a good quarterback. And I think he's going to get the ball to the open guy. And, and you have Austin Eckler and Sony Michelle. So, yeah, I don't. Um, Carter's actually listed on the the injury report with an illness too. So we'll have to watch that to see if he's even going to play. Like they're just beat up. 
right now, unfortunately. Um, I am a little bit worried about the Herbert injury. I don't think it holds him back too much against a team like Atlanta, but we've seen he's unfortunately not kind of been the Justin Herbert he has been the past two seasons, and I don't know if that's just the Chargers are just struggling or if it is because of the rib injuries. I'm going to lean the rib injuries, but still got Gerald Everett. So let's see if maybe he fires a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in the red zone to that big tight end for them. But I expect this to be a massive Austin Eckler game, Austin Eckler and the running game. I mentioned earlier being in on Tyler Algier coming out of the NFL draft. How do you feel about him in this game and Caleb Huntley? We know that Cordell Patterson, I believe, is back at practice, but I don't think he's expected to play in this game. Yeah, they did not activate Patterson. You know, I like Algier, and and he performed really, really well in the passing game last week. Um, Huntley actually had the better ground game. Uh, to me, you know, early early on this offseason or, or preseason, I was talking about I felt like Algier was somebody who could get 200-plus carries. And right now he's tracking for about 185. Um, I'd like to see them give him a few more carries. He does a lot of – things pretty well he catches the ball he pass protects uh he just he's not he's not a breakaway speed guy but then neither is Huntley and so my thought is why you keep spreading it around if you got two guys doing the same thing you know that that's the fantasy guy in me talking so I I like it I I do have some concerns about what they will do when uh, Patterson gets back but I get the inkling that the plan will be Patterson now becomes more of that space guy and he eats into Huntley and, and Algier will still get his 12 to 14 carries. It'd be nice to get him up to, you know, 14, 15, 18 carries a, a game. Um, Cause he's, ha- he's, he's doing a pretty good job. He's doing, you know, he just, he's kind of David Montgomery ish in sort of his explosiveness. You know, it just, he doesn't have the top end speed. He's going to, you know, He'll turn a five-yard run into a 10-yard run, but he isn't going to turn a 10-yard run into a 70-yard run. Yeah, uh, I would. I still feel good starting him this week. I probably would debate on benching him next week to see, as you just mentioned, kind of how they use Patterson because I do think that he will get a lot of the receiving work, but I'm with you. Like I really thought Algier could be the guy that is in this kind of committee with with Patterson and do well, especially when they get down in the red zone. The one thing with Algier is he can also catch the ball. So like maybe the defenses don't know exactly what the offense is going to do with Algier out there, but I'll be very curious to see what it looks like. I mean, Arthur Smith, you know, it's crazy as it is to say, we were talking about him earlier. They're four and four and in, in, in it for the NFC South. So we'll see what happens. I can't, I can't knock the guy too much because he's doing it with Marcus. They, they're in, they're in first place in the NFC. They are. Now. Yeah. I mean like Marcus Mariota stole the ball 10 times a game and they're winning. So like, I can't knock them too much for, cause what they're doing is technically working. Uh, that all being said, I'm taking the chargers. I, I just think, they're the overall better team. And I know Atlanta's gotten on some of these teams and won these games, but I think the Chargers will find a way to pull ahead. Matt Fox is also taking the Chargers. Who are you taking, Dennis? I'm t- making it a clean sweep here. All right. Next up, the 5-3 and three Miami Dolphins versus the 3-5 and five Chicago Bears. You mentioned wanting to see Kareem Hunt go to Miami because both Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson will be free agents. Well... What do we expect from them today? Obviously, Raheem Mostert's been with the team all season. Jeff Wilson comes over at the trade deadline. 
We know we're starting Raheem. Are you willing to put Jeff into one of your flex spots this weekend? I'm I'm not really. Um, I, I feel like he'll have some familiarity with the offense. Uh, but Mostert's the starter there. Wilson will be the backup. Uh, you know, that was the role he played in San Francisco. And I and I think until Mostert gets hurt, that's what it'll be here. It'll be a 60-40 split, 55-45. Uh Mostert will be startable as a RB2 flex. Wilson is a guy you're you're you know he's a bye week dart throw uh, at this point unless some uh, unless Moster gets injured in, in which case I think Wilson will take the lead role over Gaskin or um uh Salvan Ahmed so just because you know they went and traded for him I think they they like him a lot they know him they know he knows the offense uh but this is a passing team yeah, I, I'm kind of with you there. Um, I thought Jeff was playing really good with the 49ers, and I think that's why they brought him over. For those who don't know, we talked a little bit about this on Thursday. Mike McDaniel was the run game coordinator for the 49ers the past couple of years, so he has worked personally with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. I, I don't, I'm not starting Jeff Wilson this week for sure, and I probably am not starting him moving forward unless we see them using those two more in a split committee, kind of like they did in San Francisco. But even then, I don't know how much I trust him. I do, I, I do agree with you. Like if Moser get hurt, it gets hurt. I think Jeff's going to be the guy. But Moser's the guy you want to start here. Speaking of players that were traded, Chase Claypool was traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears as well on Tuesday. What are you expecting out of him in his debut with the Chicago Bears? Well, I'm not starting him. And so I I think overall this is going to be good for Justin Fields, good for the Chicago Bears. The, the real issue right now is that the Bears are on pace to throw the ball 340 times. Last season, the fewest pass attempts in the NFL was just under 500 times. So he's on pace to throw the ball. 150 times less than the lowest team last year. Um, that's not great volume. I, I The last four weeks, it's been over 20 each week. It's been a little bit better, and I think it will continue to get better. Um, so far this season, the number one receiver in Chicago's gotten 27 and a half, 27.7% of the targets, but there's not a lot of targets. The second uh, receiver has only gotten 14.4% of the targets. Uh, I like the pairing of Claypool and Mooney. I think they have very complementary skills and I think it's going to be good. And as long as Cleveland or Chicago's offensive line continues to improve, I, I think there, we're going to see growth throughout the season. Like we've seen so far, it, it seems like after four weeks, Luke Getze said, Hey, wait a minute. Justin does these things in my playbook really well. And he kind of sucks at these other things. Let's stop doing those and we'll keep doing these. And now they're starting to play better. Um, he's starting to play better. And and their offensive line. Now, you know, they traded away Roquan Smith, you know, one of their better defenders. Um they're they're not they're not looking to win games, um, which is rough because Justin's, you know, he's going to wait. His first two years will have been essentially wasted. So yeah, I feel bad for the guy there. Uh, but I think Claypool, I, in the end, I think he ends up 
being a startable flex player after a couple weeks. I think it it may even help Mooney, and it takes the pressure off Komet because he's he doesn't have great hands. And I, and I think that uh, Claypool brings a size element that Mooney does not have, and mm-hmm. so it'll it'll impact Komet probably. But you know they've got a good running game with with Herbert and David Montgomery, so that's what they're going to do. I, you know, do I think they're going to only throw the ball 340 times this year? No. Do I think they're going to have a game where Getzy goes, we got to sling it, and they throw it 50 times like some of these? I don't think I don't think we're going to see that. I think if it gets in a case like that, we're going to see them turtle up a little bit like Atlanta did when they were playing Cincinnati. So, you know, will he get to 30, 35 pass attempts? I think that's coming. Uh, and I think adding Claypool helps that. Uh, but I'm not starting him this week. Yeah, you know, we just mentioned it with Jeff Wilson. It, it, it's rare that these guys come over right at the trade deadline and are, like, extremely productive in week one, especially when you just mentioned – Christian McCaffrey. That is true. Well, Christian McCaffrey, too, not only a veteran, but they probably – Kyle Shanahan, very good at scheming things for him. I think it's fair to say Luke Getzey, what the Bears are doing, is completely different than what Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing. So there might be a little bit of kind of coming over and trying to learn what you're doing. I am with you. I think it's a good move for Justin Fields. Um, and it is nice to see that Luke Getzey has finally realized, like, hey, Justin Fields doesn't have to be this just, like, stand in the pocket, drop back five steps and throw it kind of guy. He, he can actually be mobile, and they're allowing him to finally use his legs, which is kind of what has made him such a good quarterback. I am... While I do agree they're probably going to waste his first two seasons with uh, with the rebuild here, I am excited to see if he continues to progress because I do think he's gotten better every single week since then. He's quarterback 11 on the season. Yeah, I know. But but he sucks, guys. So, you know, like it's it's insane. I'm And I'm excited, I hope. Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. I am very excited to see if he continues to progress that way because right now, he looks like the best of that group. And if, if Luke Getzey continues to call plays that way and as adding a Chase Claypool, like I do think that helps him uh, help free up things for Mooney as well. Going to be very intrigued to see what this offense looks like in the next couple weeks as Claypool continues to get more and more integrated into the offense. But I'm not so starting who picking? Who are you picking? I am taking the Bears. I picked them oh. to win the other night and they won. I think that they're going to upset oh, Miami. Good luck charm. I'm going with I, I'm, I, Yeah, and so is Matt. Uh, it's probably a bad pick, but I'm all in on the Justin Fields Express, baby. All right, next up, the 2-5 and five Carolina Panthers at the 4-4 four and four Cincinnati Bengals. It's another big week for DJ Moore on tap. Your boy is hoping so. What do you think? You know, I don't know that we're going to get a 60-yard touchdown to, you know, add 12 points at the end of the game. You know, that that's a that's a those are game changers. Those are you know, that's the other end of the spectrum of the running back going down at the one yard line and not scoring. You know, that's the opposite end there. Uh, but it's good that they've they've remembered who their star player is now that McCaffrey is gone. Or should I say their star wide receiver? Uh, there's no reason DJ Moore should not have been getting the ball more. Uh, I'm not a believer in PJ Walker. But if he keeps doing this and uh, Deontay Foreman keeps hammering the ball like he is, you know, there may be something there. I, I don't think it's going to be enough for them to give Wilkes the job permanently, uh, but it may save DJ Moore's fantasy stock. 
Yeah, I feel like those two connected pretty well the past couple of years as well when P.J. Walker's come in. Now, I am a little bit hesitant to believe it's going to happen three weeks in a row. I believe he put up close to 15 points two weeks ago as well. Obviously had the big game last week. Cincinnati has struggled a little bit against the past. I'm hoping that he has a good game. Um, you know, as, as I just mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you were here Thursday, me and Matt walked through it, and I decided to sit uh, sit Damian Pierce to put in DJ Moore in my flex. So I'm hoping that works out because I will tell you too. I know people don't like to hear about our fantasy teams, but I'm going to complain about it. Well, we're I a am, fantasy football show. Why don't what what I else do we want to hear about? Three and five in that league with over a thousand points scored. The next highest scoring team has like 960 points, and they're in first place at whatever six and two, and I'm in ninth place at three and five. It is frustrating. Fantasy football is getting on my nerves this year. I need a win. DJ Moore, please. Just outscore Damian Pierce so I don't hate myself all weekend because I ended up benching him. On the other side of things, it seems more and more like it's trending toward Jamar Chase being out for the season. Offense did not necessarily look that good against Cleveland on Monday night. That being said, Cleveland's kind of had Cincinnati's number the past couple years. I feel like maybe that was just one of those games. What do you expect this Bengals offense to look like this weekend? No, I think they're going to be fine. It, I, you know, there's probably a little mental adjustment Burrow has to make. Uh, Jamar Chase is a particular type of player, and Burrow played with him for several years um, now. T. Higgins is a different kind of player. I, I almost think every bit as good as Jamar Chase, his game is just different. I think his game is just a little more traditional than Jamar Chase's game. Tyler Boyd, that dude will go off at any time. He's a wild card. You know, the biggest issue has been the super inefficient running of Joe Mixon. And, and you know, I know they brought in some new offensive linemen, and it's taken them some time to gel. Um, but I just, to me, they've got to get – They've got to get mixing going to the point that they don't want to keep putting some AGP right in. Um, and I think Carolina is a get right game for that. I know Brian Burns is really good. They've got some pieces on defense in Carolina, but Mixon needs to rack up some uh, missed tackles forced, some yards after contact here to kind of turn the tide on his fantasy season. If for no other reason than my roster shares, um, but I think T. T. Higgins. I you know I have T. I had T. Higgins finishing as a wide receiver one along with Jamar Chase. And while I don't think that Boyd is going to make the leap up to wide receiver one along with T. Higgins, if Chase ends up being out the rest of the year, I do think Boyd can move up into the wide receiver two territory. Uh, it it does open up maybe some opportunities for. Um, Hayden Hurst to to you know add to his resume though that may you know he could push up into the top six, top seven tight ends. Yeah, I mean we saw Joe Burrow in this offense uh, outside of Hayden Hurst, who was not there in his rookie season, was actually really good. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd were having a lot of very good games. Joe Burrow was on pace, I believe, to break Baker Mayfield's. I don't remember who broke it. Now was it Herbert? Herbert broke it um, because Joe Burrow got injured. Like. We were talking about both Herbert and Burrow possibly breaking Baker Mayfield's touchdown record as a rookie. Then he unfortunately got injured. 
I think that the offense will be fine, but I do agree with you on Mixon. Like, they've got to find more balance, and I think that has to come from Joe Mixon being more productive. He's just struggled this year, whether that's the offensive line. You know, Matt and myself talked a little bit on Thursday, maybe that's a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover where it's hard to quantify that from a fantasy side of things, but we do hear these NFL players and teams talk about that all the time. Regardless, Cincinnati just, excuse me, does not look as explosive as they did last year. Getting Joe Mixon in that running game, I think, would help not only that offense kind of be more balanced, but the passing game as well, because they'll be able to play a little bit more play action off of that. I'm going to take the Bengals. I I don't know that uh, the Panthers really have a shot to win this one. And uh, Mr. Fox is taking the Bengals as well. Who are you taking? It's another clean sweep. The three and five Green Bay Packers at the one and six Detroit Lions. I guess the real only question here for the Packers, Dennis, is will they commit to the run? Probably not. You know, I I think we are seeing a changing of the guard at quarterback with Rodgers and Brady and Ryan and Wilson. Um, some of them may bounce and Stafford. Some of them may bounce back a little bit, but uh, I think the tank is running dry on on some of these guys. And Rodgers, he's trying to he's trying hard to develop chemistry with Romeo Dubs, Dobbs. And I think the hard the hardest thing for him has been Alan Lazard, who he felt was the one guy he was going to be able to rely on. Just can't stay on the field. Um, when they were when they, you know, were down receivers, Randall Cobb got in and was productive, but he's injured, and now it's a situation. Christian Watson can't stay healthy, and he doesn't trust him when he do, when he is out there. Um, Dobbs makes some plays, and then he makes some drops. The timing isn't always good with them. I would have thought Robert Tunyon would have gotten a little more action. Um, so to me, it feels like. The opportunity is there to run it, uh, especially against Detroit. But I think also they may try to get some stuff going through the air just to try to you know, build confidence. And so it could end up being a game where they put up a significant amount of points trying to get right. Yeah, I I unfortunately, I think as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, they're probably not going to. Uh, we know that he whether it's really been given to him or he just does it. We know that he makes a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage and I guarantee he checks out of run plays probably more often than we think. I don't know that it's necessarily run plays aren't being called, but I do think he checks out of them. I'm, I, it's just been a bad year for green Bay. And I really hope that this is not the final season that we see of him and Tom Brady it would be very weird to see in my opinion, two of the best quarterbacks, at least I've seen ever play the position both retired the same year, but it's 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 been a rough year for Green Bay, and I do agree with what you said on Alan Lazard. Like the fact that he hasn't been able to stay out there, like it's just been killing that dude. And I am, you know, they didn't get him any help at the deadline. Doubt they draft anybody in the first. I mean, what where did they take Christian Watson? Was he a second round pick or first? He was round a pick? second round pick. Second round pick. Well, it was a bad Dobbs second a fourth, round pick. He was a bad second-round pick, and we'll see if they take anybody this year if Rodgers even sticks around. The Packers are in a weird position. To to see them sitting here at 3-5, and five, and Minnesota, of all teams, 6-1, and one is, is insane to me. Uh, onto your Detroit Lions. No TJ Hawkinson. What do we expect from this pass offense? 
I mean, Josh Reynolds is going to be out again. Uh, it's Amon Ross St. Brown or bust, basically. You got Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy. Uh, I don't know who else they're going to pull up off the uh, um, practice squad. But, you know, DeAndre Swift, I don't know what's going on there. You know, he may end up getting more involved in the passing game. It's a, you know, I think it's just a situation where it's a team that knows it only has a couple assets um, and they're trying to do what they can, but they know their defense is going to give up a lot of points. And, and so it's in their interest to run the ball and eat the clock, keep the other team off the field. But whether or not they can execute it consistently is something else. And then you got to keep Jared Goff clean for him to be effective. And he really only has Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, I trust me, I've picked up and started Khalif Raymond before. I'm not doing that shit again. Yeah. Yeah. I think right now we're hoping that Amon Ra returns to what he was last year without TJ Hawkinson and just kind of balls out. I think obviously Swift still a little bit banged up. I think that's the offense, though. It's those two. Yeah. And Jamal Williams, like there's really nobody else. Hopefully, Jameson Williams, I know they're talking about he should be back soon. Excited to see what he looks like when he gets on the field with this offense. But I think you're just banking on those two guys and hoping for the best, unfortunately. Um, man, I honestly don't feel great about picking either one of these teams, but I'll take the Packers to win this game. Yeah, as, as much as I'd like to pick Detroit at home, I'm going the Packers as well for the clean sweep. Yeah, as Fox, as he just mentioned, Fox is taking the Packers as well. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. All right, the 3-4-1 Indianapolis Colts at the 4-4 New England Patriots. Jonathan Taylor has now been ruled out, so what are we expecting from... Deion Jackson, Philip Lindsay, Zach Moss, if he plays. I know there's another running back in there. I'm forgetting somewhere. Your, your guy, Jordan Wilkins, is Jordan back. Jordan Wilkins is back. So what are we expecting from this mosh pit of a backfield? Uh, I don't expect squat from Zach Moss, but I think Deion Jackson is a good play. Um, what he what he can do against uh, the New England defense is a complete other thing. I don't know. You know, d- their defense is good. I play in one league where I have to start a defense. And my defense, is, and I'm like, I'm just going to stream a defense. I've been playing the Patriots defense for like six weeks now. And 
you know, it's just because I, I look and I'm like, ah, their matchup's pretty good. They're playing somebody, you know, the projection, uh, okay, yeah, why not? It's beats beats picking up somebody else. Um, I, I I like what Jackson did. He's shown out well when he's gotten the opportunity, and I think that gave them the confidence to go and move Naheem Hines. Um, to me, the Naheem Hines trade didn't make a ton of sense for Buffalo unless they see him because he's got two years left on his contract as a direct replacement for Devin Singletary. Um, but now they don't have a big back in Buffalo now. Uh, in uh, Indy, it's like they're all big backs now. Deion Jackson's a big, bigger guy. Zach Moss is big. Philip Lindsay's the little guy, and he's, what, 209 or something? So I, I think we'll see a good amount of Jackson and – Lindsay, that's who the running backs are going to be. Jackson is going to be the pass catching back um, because Lindsay is is just not as good at it as Jackson is. Um, but I don't think I I wouldn't be surprised if if Moss is not even active this week. Yeah, I, I would expect Moss not to be active. I'm with you on Jackson. Like he impressed really well with Jonathan Taylor being out. Now I don't expect him to go out there. I think the last couple times he had close to 20 points. I don't think that happens because as you just mentioned, the Patriots defense is good. What I will be curious to see is for whatever reason, as long as your name is not Jonathan Taylor, Frank Reich has no problem handing you the ball ton and having them pass the ball to you. So I wonder if that will happen again here for Deion Jackson. Um, but I, I think he is a play. If you have Jonathan Taylor, I'm hoping that you have Deion Jackson. I do on on the two teams that I roster Jonathan Taylor. I will be putting Deion Jackson in. Again, not expecting a massive day, but I, th- I think he can still get you 13, 14 points. So I, I, that's all I'm expecting from him. Think he'll be all right. Is it Ramondre Stevenson's backfield now for the Patriots? It's sure looking like it, isn't it? I mean, Damian Harris is dinged up and can't seem to get back healthy again. Um, and when he was back last week, he only had what three touches or something like that. Wasn't a lot. I mean, and Stevenson looks good. I, I think that there was probably some initial thought by the Patriots to say, we know what Damian Harris is. We know he's good. We know we're not going to re-sign him. And so we'll ride him this year. We'll split time with, with Stevenson. Stevenson will take over next year. And then Harris got hurt. And now I think they're kind of like, well, Ramondre is playing great. Well, we'll just keep him in there. You know, it, it's less of a hot hand situation and more of a, well, he's playing good every single week, and so I'm just going to keep plugging him in. Damian, sorry. You know, he's a guy, you know, that's going to end up going somewhere next year and, you know, being that 1B back. Uh, who knows? Maybe he goes somewhere next year and becomes the guy uh, on a team. But uh, I think it is Stevenson's backfield, and he's a really he's a, a really good pass catcher as well, and so you don't have to take him off the field. He can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, I was really high on on Damian Harris this year, but the injury, like it was his backfield until the injuries, and I don't think that that's going to change. I am with you though. Like I think if you roster him in the dynasty league, I'm not necessarily giving him up for anything because I do think he could go somewhere and still be very productive. I'm gonna take the Patriots here. I don't feel great about that pick, but I, I just I don't know what to do with the Colts. So I mean, honestly, if the Colts were starting Matt Ryan, I'd probably take the Colts but I'm just not on the Ellinger train. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. Stevenson's RB seven on the year. 
Yeah, he, he's having a great year. Shout out to Felix Sharp, who who was very high on Ramondre coming out. The six and one Buffalo Bills at the five and three New York Jets. You mentioned Hines. What are you expecting now from this backfield in Buffalo with Singletary, James Cook, and now Naheem Hines? I don't know. You know, I I think I feel like Hines um is better than Cook. And so he moves into the number two, but he doesn't have a complementary skill set to what uh Singletary does. It's like the virtually the same skill set. You know, it's two small backs that are pretty good in space and good in the receiving game. Um, but neither one of them, I mean, is does Duke Johnson get activated now? And is he the power back? Uh, I would I mean, think no, but no, it's it's gonna probably end it'll it'll be Josh Allen is the power back now. Um but I, I feel like we're gonna have some frustrating games where they end up with uh, – I think they end up splitting the touches pretty evenly, and, and it's just trying to figure out whose touches are going to be re- receptions and who's getting the touchdown. And so I think it's going to end up being a super frustrating backfield for fantasy. Um, and I don't think either one of them – I think they both end up outside of the RB2 range, but um, you know, still probably top 30. Yeah, right now I think I'm still good rolling out Singletary because I think he's going to be the guy. I think they made the move for Naheem Hines because he's what they hope James Cook is going to become. Like, Naheem Hines is a good pass protector. We know that he's a really good um, – he's a pass protector. He's a really good pass catcher as well. We saw that in Indy. He's okay running between the tackles. He's not the greatest. Some of that just because of the the small size. And I think because, as you just mentioned earlier, when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, like Buffalo is probably the Super Bowl favorite right now. They're not tr- that James Cook has just not looked good. Let's be honest. So they went out and they got a guy who they think James Cook could turn into, and Naheem Hines said, "Hey, we're making our Super Bowl run. Let's get this guy out there." I don't know what that means for us on fantasy, though. I could be very. I would not be surprised at all if he's really good for Buffalo on the NFL side and does nothing for us on fantasy. Where I think he will thrive is in the hurry-up game where he seemed to do really good in Indy as well. When they get out there and they're moving fast, if Naheem Hines is out there, again, he can pass, protect, he can catch the ball, and he can run. I just don't know that I can trust starting him ever. So I, I still feel fine starting Singletary because I think he will, for the most part, be the bell cow. Hines, like I think, is the perfect, if you're in a best ball league and you've got him, you're happy because I do think that he will do the same thing he did to Jonathan Taylor in Indy, and he's going to give you some 20-plus point games coming down the stretch, especially in that offense with Buffalo. I just don't know what weeks it's going to be, and I don't want to play the role of the dice to figure out which one it's going to be. Now, on the other hand, if Singletary gets injured, he steps right in. Right. Yeah, that, that'll be the big thing. We uh, Speaking of another player that was traded, James Robinson gets traded to the New York Jets. Uh, who do you th- – or do you trust him – Michael Carter this week, um, move, let's just go this week and moving forward. What are you doing with this backfield? I feel like it's going to be back to an, a fairly even split with the lean towards Carter. Um, I, I, You know, Robinson doesn't have the type of explosion that Brees Hall had. He didn't have it before he got injured either. Uh, he was just a, a good back, solid running back. And 
I think he'll continue to be that. He can play on all three downs. He's a decent pass catcher, and he's going to be a nice compliment. He's a he's a great timeshare back to pair with Michael Carter because I think they like what Carter does. They just look at him and go, "Man, he's five foot eight and two oh eight. We just don't think that he can he he can't carry the load like Brees Hall does." And whether that's fair or not, I don't know. But that's what teams think. That's what I think. I look at small guys and I'm like, I'm not going to give this guy 20 carries week after week after week because I don't think he'll be able to hold up. Whereas the guy's six foot six foot and 225 pounds, I'm like, I think this guy can handle it. Yeah, I think I want to see how they use James Robinson. I'm definitely starting Carter this week because I do think that he'll be good. Not that it's a great matchup against Buffalo in that defense. But I, I would not be surprised if Carter leads the backfield in that committee, but I do expect it to be a committee backfield, unfortunately, with Hall out. I'm taking the Bills. I don't think there's much of a shot the Jets win this one. Yeah, me either. As is Mr. Fox, so another sweep there. The 6-1 and one Minnesota Vikings at the 4-4 four and four Washington Commanders. What do we expect from Hawkinson in his first game with Minnesota? You know, I, I expect to see a good amount of Johnny Munt. Um, I think Hawkinson will be out there, um, but he's got to learn the playbook. He, he's going to have there. He's going to have been there long enough to get acclimated to some stuff. Um, you know, you can tell him in the huddle, do this. Uh, but I think I'm I'm probably it. You know, if you have him in fantasy. I don't know that you have a lot of better options than rolling the dice on uh, TJ Hawkinson in part because it's a good offense. You know, they're scoring points and they like to pass the ball. So I I know that, you know, Justin Jefferson is the top dog there and Thielen's good and KJ Osborne flashes. Um, But TJ Hawkinson has rendered um, the return of Irv Smith irrelevant. Yeah, uh, I am with you on that. I actually think Hawkinson's going to score this week. I think they're going to find a way to get him a touchdown. But uh, I, I talked a little bit about this on Thursday with Matt. We know how effective Jordan Reed was with Kirk Cousins in Washington, and I do think that we could see a little bit of that. I just don't expect to see it this week. Like I really right. don't think a lot of these guys coming over are going to be that good. But I, I thought it was a great move for Minnesota especially because TJ Hawkinson, while we only view him on the offensive side of things for fantasy, he's just a complete tight end. I think he's really going to help open things up for Dalvin Cook as well in blocking. But I don't think he has a massive week this week, but I think they'll get him a touchdown. I think I think Hawkinson will get at least one this week. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's tight end four on the season. So I, I'm not expecting him. Yeah, he's tight end four. I'm not expecting him to all of a sudden drop out of the top 12. Right, right. I think he's going to have a, a slower week this week. If he gets the touchdown, uh, you know, I think that keeps him relevant as far as top seven, top eight, getting the touchdown. Um, but that team, yeah, I, honestly, Irv Smith was probably more in the vein of Jordan Reed as far as play style goes. And that's because Hawkinson is a tight, pure tight end, two-way tight end. He's bigger. He's stronger. Um, and he's a decent pass pass catcher and route runner. He's an all-around weapon. 
Our favorite quarterback in Washington is back, right? And Tyler and Taylor Henneke, who is making t- Terry McLaurin a top twenty-four option again. Man, I I hope so. I don't believe in Heineke long term. I mean, he's the he's dollar store Ryan Fitzmagic is what he is. He is, and, but man, he forces that ball to McLaurin. And so you know you love it for that, and I, I think that to me, I don't I don't get the move. I don't. I, I know that maybe Ron Rivera is doing the, oh, I think we can still make the playoffs thing, but they're not good. And they need they need to see what's going on with Sam Howell. Um, teams, I think they, well, I liked Josh Rosen coming out of college and I felt like the Cardinals pulled the plug on him too fast. And maybe that that was very detrimental to him. Um, as far as his psyche, he, I know he's still bouncing around. Maybe he has a Geno Smith comeback here in a few years. But sometimes teams wait too long, you know, and, and this trying to go, you know, the, we, we're, we're seeing it in Indianapolis, constantly recycling veterans. Um, we're, we're seeing it in Washington, holding on too long with Wentz and Heineke. You know, get some of the young guys in, see if they got what it takes. And, and go from there. Uh, but I mean, from a fantasy perspective, sure. If he, he's going to sling the ball to uh, Terry McLaurin, it's great until he lays McLaurin out there and gets his head taken off. Cause yeah. that's kind of what he does. You know, John Hansen refers to him as hospital ball Heineke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is good for him. I think on that aspect, cause he will force him the ball. When it comes to how, I just I don't know what to think. I mean, I've I've heard people say that like Phil Longo's offense, who's the offensive coordinator at North Carolina, just his offense is not at all conducive to going into the NFL. Maybe Sam Howe is just not ready. I don't know. I do think there's just so many bad things going on in Washington. Do you think Sam Ellinger's ready? No, (laughs) he's not. But I mean, like they've just Everything obviously going along with the owner right now. I think Ron Rivera is probably not going to be here next year. So maybe, you know, what the narrative is, what maybe he throws Sam Howell out there and he looks good and that's the way he can save his job. I think we see how at some point, I just, I don't know what to think. I think right now I'm playing McLaurin as long as Heineke's out there because as I mentioned, he just forces him the ball. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Vikings as is Mr. Fox. Dennis, and what about me you? Me too. We got a lot of sweeps this week. Yeah, no, that's ne- as Matt always says, that's never good. The two and five Las Vegas Raiders at the two and six Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a bounce back game for the Raiders. Bounce back game for the Jaguars, too. I mean, they're, both, they're two and five, also. Yeah, I two mean, it, I, I think. Let's hope. I mean, what did Devontae Adams have last week? Point nine points. Yeah. Like it was bad. I was, was I was awful. crying when I looked at my roster. I was like, what what the hell happened? So yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that they bounce back. I don't this is probably the worst game on the slate right here. Like I don't I will not watch probably a second of this game. What um on the Jaguar side here, after a hot start, how are we feeling about Christian Kirk, who's really unfortunately kind of come down to earth and I think with their trade of Calvin Ridley has signified he's no longer at least going to be their alpha. Not that maybe that's who they paid him to be, but I feel like we, we've kind of signified what they think of him now. No, I think there's certainly some gamble in the Ridley move. I mean, what, 
we sit here and think, yeah, Ridley will be back next year, but he might not get reinstated. He might not get reinstated till the middle of the year. Who knows what Roger Goodell and that punishment team is going to do? Uh, I mean, if I'm Ridley, I'm going, man, I was just working with one of our league partners, you know, and, and you're going to kick me out of the league. I, I think Ridley is the alpha, uh, but I think it's more of a 1A, 1B kind of approach with uh, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. Uh, the downside, neither one of them are big, big wide receivers, that the kind of guys I like out there. Um, but it it is a move with some risk to it. But what they give up, a conditional fourth and conditional fifth? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, to take that shot on Calvin Ridley, um, his age is kind of going against him a little bit because he came into the league a little bit older. But he's really, really good. And so putting him, I, I mean, it's a beautiful play for next year. As far as Kirk coming back to earth, I think the whole team has struggled. Um, and as they kind of figure that out and they go through the growing pains, it's almost like Trevor Lawrence is in his rookie year again after last year. And he's going to make some mistakes. And he hasn't performed, I think, where you expect a number one overall pick to be. But he's making strides. He stumbles a little bit here and there, but he's making strides. A lot of times, these young kids, they they throw interceptions because they're trying to get something done. They're trying to make a play. ETN popped off last week and had a big week. If we can get some more of that going, then I think it really helps the, the passing game too, if ETN can run the ball. Uh, I, I like what the where the Jags are going, and I, I think you know they're smart and taking a very measured approach to it. Yeah, I on the T Law discussion, I really don't know what to think about T Law, but I'm not writing him off yet. I mean, he was a transcendent talent. He was my QB two behind Fields. I, I just felt like Fields was going to be better for us fantasy wise. The thing with those guys is I think Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow kind of ruined quarterbacks for us. And like the fantasy, the, the fantasy community expects these guys to just come out and smash now right away because we saw Herbert and Burrow do it. When realistically, if you go back before that, a lot of these guys took a couple years to get going. And I feel like because of that, we've kind of skewed our expectations on these quarterbacks and we've decided, oh, hey, because Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones didn't do it last year, they suck. None of them can be good. Well, let's be honest. All of us, all three of us, I know Matt's not here, but the three of us talked last year about that Urban Meyer hire was a horrible decision by the Jaguars. And we saw how bad that was. Terrible. And, and, and Trevor Lawrence had to deal with that. Like, he's looked, as you mentioned, better this year. He's still having to learn another new system under Doug Peterson. Like, I'm not out on him yet. I do think it's, in, in my opinion, impressive to see the way Fields has played, as we talked about earlier in this show, the past couple of weeks and kind of bounced back. I think it's a little bit disheartening. Zach Wilson hasn't been better with the weapons he has around him. But I'm not out on any of these guys just yet. I'm going to be – I'm willing to give Trevor Lawrence a little bit longer – that being said, I'm taking the Raiders, as is Matt Fox. What about you? I'm going to go with the Jaguars, man. All right. I'm fine with that as long as Devontae Adams has a big game. I need you, buddy. Like, I need you in a, in a big way in some leagues. The 5-3 and three Seattle Seahawks at the 5-3 and three Arizona Cardinals. This was a poopy game the last time these two played. But will Metcalf and Lockett both finish in the top 24 again this week? I mean – 
Gino is, you know, lifting all boats. He's the rising tide out there in Seattle. Kenneth Walker is crushing it. And frankly, I just don't think Arizona's that good. Uh, I'm all aboard the 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 Lockett and uh, uh, Metcalf train. Metcalf is off the injury report, or I saw on Twitter or on uh, uh, Sleeper it said he was he went from questionable to healthy, um, which That's is wild good. considering yeah. you know everybody's like oh he's gonna he's gonna miss multiple weeks and you know he played next week and scored a touchdown, um, but Geno's settled in, he's clicking. The team is balanced, um, and, and I, I like what they're doing. Um, I, I'm in on them. I, if I have them, I'm playing them. Yeah, I mean, look, the one thing I will say about Arizona, while their defense is bad, which helps out Metcalf and Lockett, that offense has been decent, and they can put up points. And if they do that, I expect Seattle to be able to match them points for points. So I do think both have a chance. I would bet against it. Just don't know that both of them do it again, but I think they'll both be close. Is there anyone in the Cardinals' backfield you trust to play this week? I mean, there's six teams on a bye. There's significant injuries around the league, and Eno Benjamin has shown some pop. So desperate times call for desperate measures. If if uh, Connor is out, I'm 100% on the Eno Benjamin train. Same. If Connor is in, are you just playing Connor and sitting, you know? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm willing Connor being questionable enough that he's going to be ruled out tomorrow. So I'm, let's I'm, hope because I've got some shares of, Eno fired up. I'd really like to not have to figure out how to replace him. That being said, I'm taking Seattle to win the game. So as is Matt Fox. There's another clean sweep. The three and four Los Angeles Rams at the three and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We expected Cam Akers to be traded. He was not. Uh, reports are that things maybe could be amended. Not really. There's not really been much clarity there. Do we think he? Do, I'd not say. Do you think he plays again this season? Uh, he was back at practice this week. I, I don't know if he's going to be active this week, but it seems like. Um, they are working with him and trying to, they're basically saying, look, we'd have been happy to move you somewhere where you could get more playing time. You know, what you think you deserve versus what we think you've earned, but we're not going to just give you away for free. And the, the rest of the, we, we weren't asking for an exorbitant price and the rest of the league didn't think you were worth trading for either. So we'd like to have you come out. And, and be part of our running back group. Um, you know, it, it, I think what they need to do is they need to keep selling to him. Look, it took Deontay Foreman three years to get back. And you came back quick and you're, you're doing great, but you're not where you were before the injury. And, and when you're not being productive, it does, it, you know, it's our job to put production in on the field not just give it to you because you were a higher draft pick. Yeah, I think that's the hard part about all this stuff. And and that's why I do like to give NFL coaches, you know, the the praise that they deserve because you're you're dealing with all of these egos and and everything here. I'm not trying to say the Cam Makers has an ego that, that can't be dealt with, but I mean, not only is he coming back from an Achilles injury where we may not be ready, 
we're also talking about the fact that the Rams have one of the worst offensive lines in all of football. And that kind of matters as well when you're trying to, to get the running game going. I do think he plays again this year. I don't know what I, I probably am not starting him again at this point unless Henderson gets injured. I, I think right now I just want to see it before I put him back in my lineup. On the Buccaneers side here, what are we doing with the tight ends? Are you willing to start any of them in your lineups? No, Otten, Otten is uh, a guy that looks like he's going to be the future there. Bray is a, a guy that has flashed occasionally. I'm probably not. I mean, I think there's there's at least 12 better options, even with six teams on a bye. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather probably start a bye tight end because they'll probably score you the same amount of points than one of the Tampa Bay ones, unfortunately. I think it's all the Godwin and Mike Evans show and Fournette. Uh, I am taking the Rams to pull out a close one here. Uh, Matt Fox is taking the Rams as well. Dennis, who are you picking? I'm going to take the Buccaneers at home. All right, the Sunday night football game. We've got the five and two Kansas City Chiefs and somehow the six and two Tennessee Titans. I, I am again, <clears throat> once again, confused at how Tennessee is this good. Will Kadarius Tony have any impact with the Chiefs' offense this week? Um. I I think Andy Reid is going to give him some opportunities. He has the ability to touch the ball two or three times and put up significant fantasy points. What happens though, I don't know. Uh it's you know, he's healthy now. Um it, and it looks more like he he was healthy probably sooner, and it looks like New York basically said, "Look, man, you, we just don't dig you. you. You're you don't fit. We you know we wanted to give it a shot, but it ain't it ain't working for us." And so, uh, I think Andy Reid. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to say he's the Tyreek Hill replacement but he's certainly closer to the Tyreek Hill replacement than Nicole Hardman was. And the opportunity is going to be there for him. I don't know if mentally um, young Joka has it in him to, to have that kind of dedication um, and to be able to play through Knicks versus being injured. And, and so we'll see. I'd like him to, I, I, Last year and this past season in rookie drafts, he was just there were so many times he was sitting there at the end of the second, beginning of the third. And I'm just like, all right, I gotta take him. I mean, there's it's there's value there because of the explosiveness he brings. I I think desperate again, he's another desperate times and desperate measures player. Um depending on what uh, what your other options are if you're playing for upside he's he's nothing more than a a, a high upside flex play yeah i i would we, we've talked about it a lot six teams on a buy you're looking for an upside play i probably would play him in the flex i think they'll find ways to scheme him the ball in this game with his explosiveness, maybe that turns into a big play. I still want to see what that looks like because this offense has changed since they got rid of Tyree Kill. Will they bring some of those old concepts back and having Kadarius Tony? That I do not know. Tannehill is highly questionable again. Can the Titans even compete with the Chiefs if Malik Willis starts a quarterback? 
I don't know that they can compete with the Chiefs if Tannehill starts at quarterback. You know, I'd say the same thing, but shit, they're six and two. Like I thought they were going to be bad, and here they are again, winning the division. So, you know, it's yeah, they're they're squeaking it out. You know, I Willis did not look good, um, and Tana's, Tannehill hasn't looked very good either. Uh, it's it's the Derrick Henry show there. Um, Robert Woods, while being the leading receiver, has not put up a ton of points. Um, tight ends aren't really producing. It, it's it's going to be rough. I am not uh, not on this offense at all, unless it's yeah. Derrick Henry. I am with you there, which is why I am taking the Chiefs, as is Matt Fox. What and about me you? too? Another sweep for the Sunday night game. Last game on the docket, the Monday night football game, the five and three Baltimore Ravens at the three and five New Orleans Saints. No Richard Bateman. Can Devin Duvernay carry the wide receivers for the Ravens? Also should mention Mark Andrews, highly questionable as well, may not play in this game Monday night. Yeah, it's I, I don't think that Andrews um absence is quite as concerning since we've seen the rise of Isaiah likely and Josh Oliver has played really well. So they've got depth there. Um, Bateman, honestly, he hasn't performed a ton when he was healthy this year. So it isn't like they they're losing Hollywood Brown. Uh, Duvernay's playing well and I like what he's doing. Prochet has flashed a little bit and we're probably going to see Deshaun Jackson. So he's going to come in and he's going to, you know, run three go routes and probably catch one of them um, and then pull a hamstring and collect a check the rest of the season. Uh, but it's a good gig if you can get it on. Isn't it, though? You know, where's where's Will Fuller when you need him? Who'd have thought Deshaun Jackson would get signed before Will Fuller? Well, I believe Will Fuller retired, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the. The passing game makes me a little bit nervous. If Lattimore's back, I think that pre- presents even another option. Pete Warner is, is playing great. Um, Cam Jordan and, and Marcus Davenport are also playing great for for New Orleans. Um, and while Lamar is, I don't, you know, sloppy is not the right word, but he's not. He he doesn't run a ton unless he absolutely has to. And he's not putting up big passing numbers. They're just doing enough to win. Yeah, which, I mean, is not necessarily a bad thing. Tennessee is doing it where, you know, it, it just is what it is. These these teams are finding ways to win. Um, I do think Duvernay could step up and play well. I don't know that I'm starting him. I think it's going to be the Andrews show. Obviously, if you're in a dynasty league, you can't necessarily make this move. If you're in a redraft league, I would definitely find a way if you don't have a better tight end to put in for Mark Andrews, drop somebody and pick up Isaiah Likely in case Andrews is ruled out late. Again, this being the Monday night football game, don't want to risk not having him in there. Um, it's not been really stated whether he will or won't play. On the Saints side, no Michael Thomas. Chris Olave is probably the only wide receiver you can trust here. Can, can Jarvis Landry be good for you, though? Uh, for the stretch run here in fantasy. You know, Jarvis has, um, when he's been in there, he's been reliable. 
And I think he brings a dimension to the offense that they don't have when he's out. He's that he's really good in the short area. Olave is the one there now. Uh, you know, he he went full. Um, oh, I forget what which movie it was, but he's like, I'm the captain now. Uh, and it's Olave's receiving room. Um, they got that kid, Rashid. Shaheem Rashid, I think is Shahid Rashid. He's looking amazing when he gets the opportunities. Huge play threat. Um, the other guys, Callaway and Smith, we know what they are. They're Jags. Um, I I think in PPR leagues, you can kind of look for 10-ish points from Jarvis Landry, you know, six catches for 45 yards or something. Olave is going to get nine or 10 targets probably. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not rolling anybody else out there until I can see how are they going to get established and, and will they be able to support somebody again? The other person though, I do like is a tight end, Juwan Johnson. He's, he's uh, proven to be, um, a reliable weapon, getting four or five targets a game, converting three or four. It's not getting a ton of yardage, but he gets in the end zone once in a while. And I think he's got some potential for breakouts. Yeah, I actually think um, – well, I, I do think Landry could be good down the stretch. He was really good in that that one game before he got hurt. Like, because they – and Dalton is not afraid to just pepper him with targets in the middle of the field, where I was actually kind of surprised he did it with Jameis. I think Alave could be in for a big game this weekend, though, or on Monday. I mean, Baltimore's secondary has been bad. Been decimated Dalton, by injury. Yeah, Dal- Dalton has been good for them. I actually just offered a fifth-round pick for him in the C2C League, and I've been debating on whether I want to want to move him or not. My team is bad on the NFL side. I don't need Dalton, but I feel like he's still going to get another shot somewhere. Might even be the Saints quarterback next year again. That's besides the point. Uh, I think Olave has a big game. I would be willing to trust Jarvis Landry with Dalton in there. I am taking the Ravens to win the game, as is Matt Fox. You know, I'm going to take the Saints at home. All right. So that will do it for us today. Again, enjoy the weekend. We've got a bunch of great college football games, a bunch of great NFL games. We're, we're, we're getting close to – we're already past the halfway point. We're getting close to, like, this – Regular fantasy season wrapping up. It always seems to go extremely quick, which is uh, somewhat disappointing. Matt and Dennis will be back on Monday to recap all of the week nine action. That's right. Monday, Monday, Monday. We will see you guys again on Monday. Then everybody have a great and safe weekend. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Go rate, review, download, listen, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Check out the other great shows at the Pigskin Podcast Network and the Better Sports Network. Touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head.